The Ravnos are no more. In 1999, their eldest awoke, and one by one the clan fell, either to each other or to the consequences of their minds being lost in the blood-crazed frenzy that swept through the clan. In the wake of this terrifying week, whatever remains of them can barely be called a bloodline. Some say that all the elder Ravnos died, that only the weak of higher generations remained. Others still believe that it was not the Antediluvian, but Ravana, one of its childer that rose, and only the degenerated spawned from that branch of the line died during the Week of Nightmares. Yet no matter which way you twist or turn it, the clan of Zabathasura is but a shadow of its former self. And while there are still a quantity of them left in India, where the clan has long since made its stronghold, the so-called Western Ravnos, of which the Sabat and Camarilla are familiar with, are now reduced to caitiffs and vagabonds. But where did it all begin? The Ravnos have their own story for the origins of their clan and its founders, called the Karavalanishavrana, Wounds of the Night Sword. While undoubtedly hyperbolic and at parts entirely fictional, it still serves as an account of how Elder Ravnos considers their antediluvian, perhaps even a story propagated by that very founder. According to the Karavalanishavrana, a group of divine guardians called the Sidhi were being called to face justice as they had lost sight of their true purpose and indulged themselves on feeding on the humanity they were set to protect. The gods cursed them and gave them a new name, the Asuratizaya, or Countless Demons. Yet the gods could not destroy the Asuratizaya, as this would create imbalance in the world, and thus they instead forced them to become one with darkness. To further ensure that their punishment would be meted out, the gods chose one mortal man who had suffered greatly at the hands of the Sidhi and turned him into a monster quite like his tormentors. Yet his duty was to hound them by night, to destroy them wherever he could find them, and to create more of his kind so that the Asuratizaya would never know peace. Yet the true demons overheard this, and taught the same ability to the Asuratizaya too, so that they also could create more of their kind, yet the Asuratizaya would never use it. They are believed to be the undead creatures often referred to as the Wan Kuei, or Kuei Jin, who do not embrace, but rather rise from the grave for a purpose unknown to them, although some say that theirs are the souls of murderers and thieves who are reborn into this world as Kuei Jin to atone for their sins. The unliving warrior who the gods had chosen was given a new name, Zapatasura, meaning anathema to demons. And while most gods blessed him, the gods of sun and fire did not, instead cursing him in fear of what he might be able to do, having seen what the Asura Desire did to the heat and flame of life. Zapatazura is said to have embraced five times during his initial thousand or so years of existence. The five were the Black Mother, Rakshasa, also known as Hazimel, Chandraputra, the General, Ravana, and Ramesu. Many legends surround these five Methuselah, yet little is known to be true. Allegedly, Chandraputra remains active even past the week of nightmares, and Hazimel is said to have reunited with his brother upon the return of a missing artifact of his. Some claim that these five all created different lines of Ravnos, inclined to do different things, 
Yet others also argue that at least the Gangrel were spawned from Zapatasura's blood, and that Enoya, their founder, despised Zapatasura for this, and they have since waged war against each other. It is said that Enoya was turned beast-like by the gods to more efficiently hunt the Azuratizaya, but all of these blessings are said to be the reason for her betrayal of her cause, considering the cost too high. The Gangrel as a clan are thus believed to despise the Ravnos because the Ravnos, unlike them, stayed true to their purpose, and thus serve as a constant reminder of the Gangrel's failings. Yet there is another story for the clan's origin, one which, judging from material presented elsewhere, may remain more true. In these tellings, the Ravnos Antediluvian was a thief named Drasian who once broke into the home of Irad, one of Cain's childer, in order to steal something of great value. Irad, realizing the man's potential, embraced him in order to have him spy on the others of the third generation. Yet somehow Drasian retained enough control over himself to side with the rest of his generation in the destruction of their elders, after which he is said to have fled east, along with another antediluvian, one who had not been cursed by Cain. Ultimately Drasian settled in India, where he begot most of his kind, and over time they would come to rule over mortal cities like gods. They would also fight the Azuratizaya regularly, and presumably this may be the source of the aforementioned creation story, a form of theological justification for these conflicts, until one last battle between the armies of General Chandraputra and the Azuratizaya of Harappa. No mortal survived this clash, and both Harappa and the city from which Chandraputra had drawn his soldiers became necropoli, haunted by the souls of all who had died that day. Following this war, the previously mentioned brood of Sabathasura had grown tired of the constant battles they waged for their sire. One by one they departed, some more obviously than others, until only Chandraputra remained behind. In despair, Zapatasura is said to have entered Torpor, and Chandraputra tried desperately to keep the remaining Ravnos cohesive, and thus developed the Maya Parizatya, a set of tenets that would later become the path of paradox, morals that would help anchor the Ravnos to their purpose in existence. Ramesu came to settle in Egypt, claiming a large part of domain from the Settites and establishing a court for himself. Ramesu had been embracing merchants when he was still in India, and while he grew to devote himself to the Egyptian realms, he would remain obsessed with wealth, eventually joining in an alliance with the followers of Set against the Silent Striders Garu. Ramesu's brood would come to be known as Alexandrites. Not much is known of what Rakshasa did, other than that he had a fierce fight with his sire and then departed, traveling to Africa where he sired multiple childer, warning them all about the end times, where the sire would rise and turn his wrath upon them, and destroy the world. Others claim that these accounts may be of Ramesu as well, and judging from recent findings by the vampiric scholar Beckett, it is quite possible that Rakshasa, or Hazimel, never actually left India, or if he did, he returned there later. Ravana is rumored to have turned to infernal forces to gain power, and that he grew immensely strong from it, able to slaughter hundreds of Asuratizaya. He offered the selfsame powers to his sire, Zapatasura, who refused after which Ravana disappeared, and has neither been seen nor heard of since then. The Black Mother, finally, was the last of Zapatazura's childer to leave him, following after the returning army of Alexander the Great who had perished during his campaign into India. 
She was fascinated by the warriors from the West, and she traveled to and then around Europe for many years, until she was last sighted in Gaul during the height of the Roman Empire. The Alexandrites of Ramesu, and the Childer of the Dark Mother, who would later be called Sybarites, flourished in the years to come. The Alexandrites spreading through North Africa, the Middle East, and South Europe, while the Sybarites would spread further north throughout the Roman Empire. The Alexandrites would even involve themselves in Carthage to a lesser extent, but it would be the Sybarites who would interact the most with other kindred. And it would also be the Sybarites who would sow the first seeds of distrust within that same community. The Ravnos are cursed with a penchant for vice. Through time, the understanding of this curse has changed, but ultimately, to be a Ravnos means to struggle constantly with an overwhelming urge to commit this vice. It could be lying, it could be theft, or even gambling. Perhaps a penchant for slothfulness. It is not entirely understood on which grounds these weaknesses are founded, perhaps as individuals and based on the kindred's mortal life as the Ventru's refined palate or the Torador's obsession with beauty. Needless to say, a clan with a chronic obsession of committing sins would find itself having a hard time earning allies, and while certain hedonistic kindred from the Torador and the Malkavians would welcome their degeneracy, over time the Ravnos of Europe would earn themselves a reputation of being untrustworthy and tricksters. Meanwhile, in India, Chandraputra further cemented his control over the remaining Ravnos, the path of paradox instilling in each of them a strong loyalty to the lands and to the clan. Other kindred would come as well, many together with Alexander's armies, and they had a simple choice. Adopt the Ravnos cause against the Asuratizaya, or become their enemies. Many did accept the new ways, but not all, and even today there is a very unique culture of kindred living together or against each other in the vast nation of India. Chandraputra and his servants attempted to bring the path of paradox to his distant nieces and nephews, yet when they were reached by these messengers, they took to the path and twisted its interpretation to their own ends. The Sybarites saw the path of paradox as an excuse to live unlife however they wanted, at the expense of whoever they happened to come across. There was no loyalty to the clan, as they fought regularly amongst each other, nor was there any towards Chandraputra, India, or the fight against the Wankwei. The Roman Ravnus' interpretation of the path ultimately led to them imagining that only through chaos, bloodshed, diablerie, and murder could reality itself be saved. The other antediluvians all wanted stasis, predictability, the death of the spark of life. Thus, this hedonistic, violent interpretation would lead many Ravnos to commit acts so gruesome and unforgivable that they permanently marred any reputation they had left with the other clans. While modern Ravnos may struggle with their clan's weaknesses of vice, they embraced it wholesale, caring not a whit to the consequences. When a large group of Ravnos departed India for Europe in the medieval times together with the Roma, there would be a clash between them and the Sybarites. The newly arrived Ravnos were Chandala, the lowest of the clan's castes, and were considered little better than caitiff in India. Yet they had remained in India longer, and had stayed truer to the clan's purpose, at least for a longer time, which in their eyes made them superior to the Sybarites they encountered. Eventually most Sybarites would end up joining these Chandala Ravnos, or die, but while they took up with the Chandala's faction, the Chandala would in turn convert to the Sybarite way of thinking. 
They carried a deep resentment towards the Jati, the Indian Ravnos's caste system, and thus they found the unrestrained nature of this path of paradox compelling and liberating, it soon becoming a dominant mindset amongst all European Ravnos, with some few exceptions. As the burning times came, the Ravnos, like the other clans, suffered greatly from the fires of the church. They were not spared, although they kept out of most of the Anarch revolt, having little invested in the cause of it. Still, when the Camarilla called for a meeting at the Convention of Thorns, some Ravnos representatives did attend. Yet there was never any intention for their clan to be allowed to join, although it's difficult to say if they ever wished to, to begin with. Four dark gods have awoken from their aeons of slumber to walk among us and their patronage is a blessing as the time of judgement draws near and I pray for their benevolence. Snow, whose insight is matched only by his compassion, Bambi Parsons, whose passion courses through our veins, Dr. Sheepington, who at last has stirred from his crypt to join his brood, and the ancient and venerable unemployed writer who pens chronicles that will withstand time itself. They are all of them worthy of our worship, and we subjugate ourselves to their might. The Methuselah, her satanic majesty Danny, reborn through fire and ice, Maximilian S. Hardcastle, who maneuvers the chess pieces of the Jihad with ease, Socrates Johnson, the ancient scholar of lore who has seen fit to engage once more in our nightly games, and Adam Daw, whose wisdom guides my hand, are all of them blessed for their interest and involvement in the work of our council. Edward Reed, Colin Gifford, Zero Six, Stonewolf18, Jokerman, Lauren Eason, Ian Nichols, and the Black Friar are joined tonight by our newest member in the council, Ravenfang, whose mastery over the dark arts will surely add to the wisdom and good judgement of our council. They shall all be the torchlight by which we conduct our affairs. Our elders Dante the Canine, What's That Smells His Blood, Remy Van Roy, Gaslight88, Aubrey Ayers, Non-God, June Pocciolo, Justin S. and Joseph Perry shall receive our blessings for their devotion to our cause and for the example they set for the younger kindred of our sect. We would also wish to send our thanks to the Ancillae, Harry Wyckoff, Envihan, Yodan, Al and Hog Hines for their help and guidance of their juniors, as well as a warm welcome to Evelyn and Shadowmind who will be joining their ranks tonight. Our stalwart neonates shall, as always, receive our appreciation for their services. And thank you for watching. Now be careful out there, for Gehenna may soon be upon us.